Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Man on a Silver Mountain. The first few months of this year have been very trying for me. I've been going through a lot of changes in my life, and uh, this podcast has definitely sort of helped me keep myself in a positive mental attitude. And um, I don't have a guest today, but I figured I'd get one of these out, keep it short, report some news, talk about some stuff that's going on, and um, and yeah, just uh, just kind of chat for a while. I'd like to thank everyone who's been listening, and um, yeah, those of you who have uh, pledged on Patreon, some of that hard-earned money is going to good use, and I'll talk about that later in the episode. But yeah, if you like this show, uh, definitely feel free to share it via your social media, uh, give us an iTunes review um, and just uh, use word of mouth. And if you're so inclined, you can support the podcast by uh, Patreon. We have an account. And for as little as $1 a month, you can make a huge difference in getting this show going, moving to the next step, keeping the lights on, keeping the bandwidth charges at bay, all that kind of stuff. And that's very much appreciated. And like I said, if you don't feel like pledging any cash, Definitely give us some reviews, some shares, that kind of stuff. So as I mentioned, the last few months have been kind of trying, going through some life changes. It's all good stuff, as long as you learn from some of the mistakes that you made. I guess that's been the uh, the name of the game for me, is uh, retrospective introspection. Sort of giving a big life review as to what I, what I might have done uh, where I might have gone wrong and how I can improve things because the past you can't change the only thing that you can change is the future and uh, you know just trying not to make the same mistakes twice and trying to apply some of the lessons I learned in the past so that I don't make those mistakes anymore the last few months have just been this kind of like trial in a lot of ways going through a lot of a lot of different things keeping a low profile relatively, done a lot of reading, a lot of training, and once again, sort of isolated out here and uh, giving myself to some deep introspection. But I feel like I'm coming out of this period. We got some good stuff happening. As I hinted earlier, some of this hard-earned uh, Patreon money 
has gone to a good cause. The um, one of the goals I have is to sort of make this everything went black experiment into something legitimate. Um, you know, it's been no secret that I've really wanted to uh, expand this thing into some kind of multimedia video component. And uh, this week we got one step closer to that goal. Um, Sunday, we uh, we shot a pilot episode for what I'm hoping becomes a season of a show, which would be an extension of this podcast. Um, you know, I'd like to thank Dave Mercado, Joe Quartararo, and Will Hart, who uh, all helped out with the shoot. You know, Dave Mercado, I actually met through this podcast, and he's sort of my right-hand man, producer, uh, go-to guy for this sort of stuff since I know absolutely nothing about making videos or shows or anything like that. So um, those three guys have a wealth of experience and expertise in that field, and I'm, you know, depending on them to help uh, form this thing. And uh, once again, it's a pilot episode. We shot it on Sunday on a cold Sunday, I might add, in Greenpoint. Ironically, Saturday was, I think, 70 or 80 degrees, and Sunday was uh, (laughs) overcast, about 40. And we were outside most of the day uh, shooting and um, kind of freezing, trying to stay warm, that kind of thing. So uh, Vegas Tenold was the subject of the interview. Uh, The idea for the show sort of revolves around... um, you know, kind of similar to the podcast, you know, having guests, having topics that I think are sort of interesting and uh, timely. And Vegas wrote a book called Everything You Love Will Burn, Inside the Rebirth of White Nationalism in America. Pretty heavy topic. And in light of uh, all the stuff that's been going on in the last uh, year plus, very timely, um, Similar to the way Hunter S. Thompson embedded himself with the Hells Angels, Vegas kind of embedded himself with these variety of different groups of, of white power or white nationalist groups. And um, it was a purely journalistic uh, pursuit. He was very upfront about his uh, socialist and liberal leanings and um, just kind of learned about the inner workings of these groups and how they're vying for mainstream acceptance and how there's potential of actually them gaining some kind of political stronghold in this country. So the pilot episode of the show is one very intense interview with Vegas about his experiences in writing this book and gathering all the information and um, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty stoked about it. It's been, like I said, this has been a goal of mine to do something like this for quite a while. Um, you know, in the past, I've worked on film shoots as a sound guy. Uh, vaguely familiar with the editing process. Uh, sort of observed a lot of the behind the scenes. And it's always been something that I've wanted to do professionally. Um, and I guess this is my first steps in achieving this next goal. So uh, I'm really excited about it. And um, I'm hoping that all of us could... You know, we can all get involved in this somehow, and somehow this thing is going to come out in some form, and I'm not exactly sure. I'm sorry for being so vague about it. I just don't know 
exactly what form this is going to be. I mean, at the very least, it'll be something that I put on a YouTube channel, but I actually have uh, higher ambitions for that. And um, I just want to say thank you to everyone out there who supported us uh, via subscription to the Patreon, because this is actually how a lot of this stuff was uh, was realized. And um, so, yeah, I mean, goals, setting goals, working hard and achieving these goals. And, you know, this is kind of like one of the things that I'm about is just doing things better, improvement. And, yeah, I'm excited. And um, I hope to have more news about this in the next few weeks and hopefully all this stuff you know, we succeed in our in our next endeavor here. So yeah, once again, man, thanks a lot, everybody. I appreciate that. Next month, um, the band once again is going to be uh, getting back to doing band stuff, which uh, to me means getting out on the road and playing gigs. And uh, yeah, we were, we were announced to be doing the U.S. dates with Bloodbath, the Swedish death metal supergroup, and uh, we're excited to get out there and start bashing away. Um, after that, we're playing Hellfest. Uh, there was some band dropped off, I don't know who, and we got this kind of late, you know, replacement call to fly out to France and do Hellfest, and we're going to be doing a handful of dates around that. And um, I don't have a full schedule yet, which is starting to actually um, concern me a little bit because we're, it's April, Hellfest is in June. And uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to know what we're doing and where we're playing and that kind of thing. But, you know, this whole thing came together real quickly as a result of somebody either being kicked off the bill or dropping off the bill for whatever reason. So we had an opportunity. We took it. And, um, yeah, should be really cool. Never played Hellfest, and uh, if I uh, the information I have is correct, we're playing the same day that Judas Priest played. Judas Priest, actually, I saw them a few weeks ago. Me and uh, Randy Larson, the co-host of the Topic uh, show that we do on this podcast, went up to Mohegan Sun up in uh, I forgot the name of the town, but it's like sort of in northern the northern part of Connecticut. I believe the eight six zero as Connecticut uh, natives like to refer to the state. I just recently learned this, that the 860 is the more northern, remote part of the state, and the 203 is the southern, quote-unquote, more urban, more clo- you know, closer to New York. It's proximity to New York, giving the denizens of the 203 area code a sense of uh, sophistication, I guess. So I just recently learned that. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Mohegan Sun is in the 860, so be that as it may. Anyway, we uh, we went to go see Priest up there, and Saxon was on the bill there on the whole tour, and um, another band who, um, Black Star Riders, I think they were called, kind of uh, unimpressed by them a little bit, sadly, um, wasn't really into their set, but we don't have to go into that. Saxon blew me away um you know a lot of times these older bands they get together after not being active for a really long time and they remake you know try to recapture those glory days and the record that they make actually you know try to recapture those glory days and usually fall short 
Saxon, on the other hand, came out. They weren't trying to pull any punches. They weren't trying to pull any wool over anyone's eyes. They looked like old guys. They came out there and they kicked ass, and it was great. They sounded awesome. The vocals were killer. They played some new jams. The new record sounds awesome, too, and uh, I don't have a copy of it yet, but it's something I'm going to be procuring in the coming weeks, hopefully. And once again, they kind of avoided that sort of pitfall that a lot of old bands have um you know where their their glory days are obviously behind them they want to make an album of new material and it turns out to be this very contrived attempt for them to modernize their sound or you know get with the times or do something that's like more contemporary and it just sounds false or they go the other end of the spectrum where they want to you know, go retro and sort of like re regurgitate what they did before and repackage it as new songs. And um, I have to say, just based on what I heard from the new Saxon material, it's actually um, a pretty badass record that avoids all of those things that I just mentioned. And um, yeah, I mean, I've only heard it live. Uh, I checked it out a little bit on Spotify. But, um, yeah, I want to set with the material and, uh, and check it out. Another band that actually did the same thing, I think, and uh, you guys might hate me for saying this, but the Venom Incorporated record is actually pretty tight. You know, I, I, I didn't want to believe that Venom would, uh, would, would be any good without Kronos, but, like, a couple of years ago, we played with them out in Phoenix, and uh, I thought they, they actually were, were pretty, pretty right on, man. You know, Venom... Being a classic band and um, sort of seeing them play, no Kronos. However, the Demolition Man, the guy who stepped up to play bass and sing, was a former member and a legit has a legitimate claim to being a member of Venom because he was in the band in the 90s. So, though it's not the classic lineup, it's still a very legit lineup that is assembled for this album. And um, yeah, oh yeah, back to the record. The the Venom rec the Venom Incorporated record I think is pretty good you know I um I back it you know and uh, you guys may or may not agree with me but hey everyone's entitled to their opinion we've been working out a bunch of new material uh, I would say that maybe we've got like four really solid song ideas together and um, looking to roll those out this summer you know. If, depending on what kind of touring plans we have, I'm looking to like unleash at least four of these songs this summer. We're making a lot of headway on new songs, and by the end of the year, I'm hoping to have a whole new album written. You know, whether or not we record next year, that's still my goal: is to look at a January-February recording of a brand new Tombs record, which will hopefully be out at some point next year. You know, that those decisions are out of my hands. Um, you know, leave that up to the higher pay grade of people that work at Metal Blade Records to determine when our album comes out. I can just write the songs. And, uh, yeah, pretty stoked about the material. This weekend, I will be joining my friend CJ of Rice and Dreams at the New England Metal and Hardcore Festival. We'll be setting up a table, and he'll be selling his gear and I'll have a Savage Gold table there uh, selling coffee, t-shirts, mugs, 
all that kind of stuff. So if anyone out there is going to be at the New England Metal Fest this weekend, be sure to stop by and say hello and uh, you know pick up some gear from, from CJ and pick up some coffee from me and uh, enjoy. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing Morbid Angel and uh, on Friday night. That should be awesome. It's um, ironically, this is the, only the second time in my life that I've ever been to the New England Metal Fest. I went to the very first one that was like all the way back in I think 1997 or 98, and uh, damn, that's 20 years ago. Wow, time is flying, man. And believe it or not, the headliner of that fest was Morbid Angel. So there you go. It's a full circle experience here. 20 years later, Morbid Angel has come back to be the headliner of the fest. Anyway, it's kind of meaningful to me, these like weird little synchronicities. So um, yeah, that kind of stuff I'd pay attention to. Now, if all goes well, tomorrow I will have Angelo Richardson, the new welterweight champion of Ammo MMA. He's also my uh, my jiu-jitsu coach over at Golden Falcon Gym. And um, he's a great guy, man. I learned a lot from him. Really inspirational dude. He just won the title uh, a couple couple weeks ago, actually about a month ago. And um, he's got a lot of good things to say about training, um, his journey as a martial artist, and uh, kind of the difference between fighting and martial arts, which is something that, you know, I kind of, like to explore that idea with people. Um, you know, those of you out there who aren't familiar with this kind of thing, it's like there's fighters and there's martial artists, and sometimes they aren't the same thing. So anyway, thanks for listening. Um, I'm hoping to get more more episodes out with guests, more topic episodes. Uh, I think Randy and I's next episode is going to be about the Australian rock scene and some of the more important bands that have emerged from that you know, such as The Birthday Party, uh, Cosmic Psychos, Nick Cave, obviously, being of The Birthday Party, uh, Rowan S. Howard, um, Be Suburban, some bands you might have heard of and some bands that you might not have heard of and we're happy to turn people on to new stuff. So anyway, um, that's all I got for you guys. I just wanted to keep relatively consistent with this thing. And uh, if you want to check me out on Instagram, I've changed my Instagram handle to everything went black underscore Mike Hill. Not the coolest, um, slickest handle, but it works. You can check me out on Facebook. You can also like everything went black's Facebook page. I'm on Twitter at Mike Hill HQ. Also, stay stay. Also, you can stay tuned to what's going on with Tombs at TombsCult.com. And uh, once again, uh, if you're into uh, healthy living, check out the On It banners at everythingwentblackmedia.com. And I will see you guys out there. Take care.